This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winderbrill. We're here with Randy Gage. He is the author of Radical Rebirth, Kill Off the Old You and Create a New Life. Randy, it's great to have you with us. Hey, great to be on with you. Well, radical title. (laughs) Um, It it grabs you because rebirth, killing off your, your old life. It's like, wow. I was thinking to myself, are a lot of people looking to, you know, reinvent themselves. Um, so I'm excited to kind of to, to get into the impetus of the book, but we should say congratulations. 14th. This is your 14th book. Did I read that right? Yeah, it just seems amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me too. I, anyway, I mean, that is quite the accomplishment. Um, I'm always curious, you know, prolific authors like yourself, how do you decide to write a book about a specific topic? You know, why, why was this so important for you to, to add another one to your library? Yeah, in my case, I never struggle with, oh, what could my next book be about? My challenge is I have like 27 books I want to write and I have to figure what's the next one. Uh, But in this case, I feel like Radical Rebirth is the culmination of all my work for the last 20, even 30 years kind of coming together on because I work a a lot in the field of personal development, personal growth, right, and the principles of prosperity. And so much of that is the mind game. So much of that is the limiting beliefs you have. It's the level of your self-esteem. It's whether you believe you're worthy. And so that's kind of the topics that we really chapter and verse explore in the book. I mean, I guess when I read the title and, and you know, got into the book, I guess, I guess you felt that there were enough people that would be attracted to seeing a title like this. There were enough people that are looking for help in, in this capacity that are looking well, to do this. Yeah, there's two markets. Let me tell you a story that never made the book, but was the cause of the book. Ah. It was, oh man, like 20 years ago, Christmas Eve, I was in a uh, Marriott hotel writing my suicide journal. Not, not like a note for the world. It was my personal journal explaining to myself why killing myself was the best thing and just kind of processing that. And I was really blessed. I had, I I got professional help. There was a therapist I was working with. I got him on the phone. He talked me down. I didn't do it, right? Um, But there are, what what I, what it kind of took me writing this book to discover 
was that in a situation like that, you don't have to kill yourself. You can kill off the parts of you that you don't like. And so there's a, a big group of people, I think, that fall into that category and they would devour the book. And then there's another group of people that I think where I got to later in life, I like to joke, my friends say, well, Randy's on his fourth midlife crisis. I hope he's figured this one out. I was going to ask you about that, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I always joke, no, I, I actually, I hope I have another five midlife crisis that I'm around long enough to do that. Okay, right. Because now the, the radical rebirths that I'm doing today, these days, aren't because I have to kill off this horrible part of myself that I don't like, but because I'm moving toward the me that I want to become. And, and that's kind of the underlying premise of the whole book is really is that how you can work toward every day, just get a little bit closer to that highest possible version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this came from a personal uh, perspective. I mean, it wasn't as if you said, oh, there's so many people who need to hear this. You're like, there have to be others like me and you want to share your story. Yeah. And my gift slash curse is I'm this rational, logical, analytical guy. So I don't, I don't just say, well, I feel like I turned my life around. I say, wow, I really turned my life around. Exactly. How did I do that? What, what is the process of that? How, you know, what's the science behind that? And so that's what, and, and you know, I think every author writes the book initially for themselves because it, it helps you crystallize your thoughts. And that's what I was doing with this book is crystallizing the thought of how do you kill off that old version of yourself and create a rebirth for yourself? Right. So that said, is is the reader someone who's um, looking for a professional rebirth, a personal rebirth, both? Who, who is yeah. your top audience? Yeah, I don't think you can separate them. If okay. the right, you can. It's like I was doing an interview on a show the other day, and they were talking about uh, rich people who were unhappy. I was like, well, they're not prosperous, right? You want to be rich, and you want to be healthy. And you want to have healthy relationships and you want to have a strong spiritual grounding. So that's if you want to truly become, you know, move toward that highest possible version of yourself, that it's got to be that way. It's got to be a holistic thing. You can't say, well, OK, I'm ignoring my spouse and my kids couldn't pick me out of a police lineup. But man, I just got promoted to CEO and I've got five million dollars worth of stock options and the company's about to go public. Ain't nobody going to care about that on your at your funeral. Right. Right. I mean, there's all exactly just because one thing is going great doesn't mean everything is going great. So, I mean, and that's what the book talks about. So, I mean, kind of without giving everything away, but, you know, in, in your book, are you proposing a plan? I mean, is, is some, if someone's sitting here saying, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of in that zone that Randy just mentioned. Is this a step by step process? How would you put it? You know, this process of radical rebirth. How would you put it into your own words? Yeah, I definitely prosecute the case in yeah. the book, 
right? the process. <laughs> yeah. So I say, okay, here's what we know. You have a vision of your life. You either have high self-esteem or you have low self-esteem. If you have low self-esteem, you have a very poor vision of your life. If you have high self-esteem, you have a very uh, a, a positive vision. Your vision is created by your core foundational beliefs, your beliefs about. And in the book, I divide it into six main categories. God and religion, uh, marriage and relationships, health and wellness, sex and sexuality, uh, career and work. So each of those areas, you've developed core foundational beliefs. And those determine your vision. Your vision then determines your daily habits. And your daily habits are going to determine what kind of life you create or career you create. So we really, in the book, I show you how to reverse engineer the process to go all the way back and say, okay, let's talk about your beliefs about money and success. And then I prosecute the case. I say, here's the most frequent mind virus programming in the world. Yeah, money you mentioned mind viruses, just not to interrupt, but that is, I thought that was an interesting take on it. What, what's a mind virus? Yeah, because you get viruses in your subconscious mind, just like you could get a virus on your laptop. Yeah. So if we say, okay, what are the most prevalent mind viruses about money today? They would be money is bad. Rich people are evil. It's spiritual to be poor. To be successful in the corporate world, you got to be a bad parent. To have a successful company, you got to rape and pillage and plunder the environment and take advantage of people and lie to the media and lie to your shareholders and outsource everything for slave labor. Those are the prevalent beliefs. So if, if you are infected with those mind viruses in your subconscious mind, and then your conscious mind, you say, hey, I'm, I'm sick of being poor. I want to be wealthy. I want to be successful. I want to make money. You know, anybody watching right now knows if your subconscious mind and your conscious mind are having a, a fight, a conflict, the subconscious mind is always going to win. So when I say I prosecute the case, I go to, it doesn't matter what generation you are. I say, okay, let's look at the TV shows, the books, the blockbuster movies, the plays, the operas, the rap songs, the everything in culture, and how are wealthy people portrayed? How are rich companies portrayed? And, and you know, in the book, I mean, I just, I have a list of movies and TV people, their mind is blown when they see, and they realize, wow, I, I really have been programmed my whole life and right. I never knew it. Yeah, I mean, one of the chapters is titled "Why You Love to Hate Rich People." And, and you know, P.S. The chapters that you know they grab you. Um, you know, the first chapter is recognizing when your life sucks. Um, you know, and I thought to myself, how do you know this? How do you know if your life sucks? So you go into it. You have something a uh, chapter called "Hope, Dope, and a Very Dead Pope." Right? It makes you. I went straight <laughs> to that chapter. What, what's he talking about here? Um, I do want to go back to something you were just saying. Sort of, you know, these mind viruses. What about people who say, Randy, oh, this nature versus nurture idea, right? I mean, how can you, I don't know, if it's, if it's genetic, right, if it's nature, how can you stop these thoughts and experience a rebirth with how you are genetically programmed? Yeah, I love that question because I actually was writing, I'm working on a blog on that topic today because there's two schools of philosophy for people, right, which is the 
hey, everything is predetermined. There is a supernatural entity and that is my destiny. If that's your core foundational belief, I probably can't help you. My book probably can't help you. But if you believe, okay, I'm a co-creator in my life. One of the things I say in the book is there are random circumstances, right? You could have been born with a genetic disability. That's random. You didn't have any choice in that, right? A meteorite could land on your garage and smash your brand new BMW. That's a random act. You have no control over that. But what I will maintain is there are random occurrences, but there are no random lives. Random occurrences, but no random lives. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so why was I in that hotel room uh, thinking about blowing my brains out? Yeah. Because I had just ended my 11th negative dysfunctional relationship in a row, <laughs> right? And had, <laughs> you know, it's the, the name change, the face change, but it was like it was the same person kept coming back and getting plastic surgery. And so I say, well, God, I've had 11 negative relationships in a row. I have all these health challenges. I have these business failures. Is there one person who was always at the scene of the crime? And that's what I mean when I say there's no random lives. Okay, everybody, you know, maybe you didn't cause that accident. Somebody just ran a red light and they plowed into the side of your Toyota. Okay, but if somebody's driving into your Toyota once a week, then you might ask yourself, what am I doing to put myself in this situation that every week somebody is driving into my car? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. C-Suite Radio. How would you answer this question, Randy? How many radical rebirths have you had? Or have you I had? feel like I've had six, six or seven at this okay. point. Okay, so so multiple radical rebirths, you know, you, you encourage it. It's okay. It's not a bad thing. I mean, people might see this as, you know, I don't know, put it like, do I, if I need to keep, you know, having radical rebirths, is that, is that necessarily a good thing? It's a wonderful thing. And if you're not having radical rebirth, then you're not playing this game called life, right? Like I get, there's millions of people, they're not, they're not gonna buy my book. There's no reason for them to buy my book. Their philosophy is keep your head down, stay below the cubicle, it's hump day, thank God it's Friday. All right, let me get my paycheck. 
Let me get a 12 pack of uh, Bud Light. Let me binge Netflix all weekend until Monday morning. The alarm goes off and I do the process all over again. There are millions of people who have accepted that that is a adequate uh, a substitute for life. Yeah, but I'm saying if you're not working on your next level, on your next radical rebirth, I don't think you're really living. I think you're just existing. Yeah, because I mean, you're first, I was going to ask you, you, you know, you're one of the, the first line on the, the, the book jacket says you can't have lasting, meaningful happiness unless you're willing to continually reinvent yourself. And I was thinking, well, if you're happy, why would you want to reinvent yourself? But I guess it goes to what you just said. Yeah, it's like, do you see, to me, life is about enlightenment. I yeah. want to be move every day. I want to be a little bit closer to that highest possible version of me than I was yesterday. Yeah. And you mentioned you went through, you, you would encourage more midlife crises. I would. I wish everybody would have a midlife crisis. That's every the title time. of your next book. I wish everybody would have something like that because that's not something, I mean, you know, that's something people traditionally wish for. Right. I mean, that, that's what I love is that, you know, this kind of this word that, like you said, we've been programmed as a, a midlife crisis. You see it as a, not a bad thing. You know, this is a, something that everybody should possibly go through. Do you know how many people are dentists because their father was a dentist? Oh, my, my sister. <laughs> okay. And their great grandfather or, you know, yeah. they're in the military because 27 generations of our family have served in the military. Listen, if you really thought it through and you decided you want to be a dentist or you want to be in the military, God bless you. Perfect. But if you really wanted to be a dancer or a rapper or compose operas or be a sculptor or run a vinyl record store, we'll run a vinyl record store. You know what I mean? Is do the, do the critical thinking, do the self-analysis, develop the self-awareness so that you really live in your life with you're building, you're writing your story, not the story that your parents or society or someone else wrote for you. Right, right. I do want to mention, I mean, like we mentioned, it is your 14th book. Um, curious, was this the, you know, because you, you've written a New York Times bestseller, people may not know Risky is the New Safe, Big Success. Um, was this book harder? Was this the most challenging book for you to write because it is so personal and raw and candid and genuine? Yeah, I like, give you an example. When Risky came out, my friend Bob Berg, who you may know, uh, you know, called and said, Randy, this is your magnum opus. This is the greatest thing you'll ever write. And I said, God, it better not be because my next book better be better than this one. And that was Mad Genius. And I felt like Mad Genius took it up to another notch. Uh, and I feel the same with this one. And, and this one's probably e even harder for the reason that you just said. Yeah, because you've, it makes you look in the mirror and really question your own premises and you know ask those difficult questions because um, here's the best way to illustrate it. This funny story in the book, I'm doing this huge event in Panama in a bullfighting arena, which they have converted to a round stage with, and I'm speaking to 10,000, 11,000 people. My friend, Eric Gamio is in the audience with his mother, who's a psychologist. 
and she's, and he's my dear, dear friend for many years. So she's like, she tells him, you never told me Randy's a psychologist. She said, no, he said, no, he's not a psychologist. She said, yes, he is. She said, no, mom, he's not a psychologist. She said, he has to be because she's a psychologist. She's married to another psychologist, right? She says, the things he's talking about, only a psychologist would know the way people behave. And so he was relaying that to me afterward. And I have to laugh because I've heard that before. But what they don't understand, I was a teenage addict. I was a teenage alcoholic. I was in jail for armed robbery when I was 15 years old. Okay. When you're an addict, you have to become an expert at human manipulation, at lying, at deceit, at uh, knowing what makes people. Okay. I've done uh, crystal meth deals in the worst crack houses of Liberty City and Overtown and uh, National City, right? Stuff like you see on Scarface, you know, where there's the girl on the bed when you know that underneath the blanket is a shotgun. I mean, I've been in those scenarios. So when, and I'm a high school dropout, just to be clear. So when people say they think I'm a psychologist, I'm a high school dropout. But when you go into a crack house, you either become an expert at human behavior or you leave in a body bag. It's just the way it is, right? So that's what informed this book and makes it so hard for me to write is I have to look in those dark spaces and question my premises and, and see parts of me that I would rather nobody knew about or that I could gloss over. But that isn't where the breakthroughs live. You know, the breakthroughs are when we really are willing to confront ourselves and, you know, call us on our own stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people might wonder, you know, just seeing a title like this, well, what makes this guy qualified, right, to talk about a radical rebirth, but I think you just, you know, hit the nail on the head there, you know, these things that you've gone through, you've, you've really had to, you know, have multiple rebirths. Um, final question before, well, two more questions, but before, before you were a writer, I mean, with that past that you just mentioned, what is your background? Someone said, you know, Randy, what did you do before you were writing, you know, 14, 15, 16 and books to come? Uh, started as a dishwasher, spent a lot of time in the restaurant business, you know, yeah. working my way up, uh, finally owned my own restaurant, kind of that learned, I learned marketing, I got involved with direct sales. I was really did well with that. I made many millions of dollars in direct selling, which again, study of human nature, what causes people to do what they do. And so I was training and teaching about marketing. So I was, my first book was about marketing. My first seminars were about marketing. And I just came to realize that that wasn't the, the important stuff. The important stuff was the mindset behind all that stuff. Why do, you know, okay, great. We know you should be motivated. All right, but how do you motivate yourself? How, what gets you to throw the sheets off the bed in the morning and want to jump out and get into the day? So that's how I kind of evolved, like from marketing into the, as a copywriter and an author, and then you, you realize how 
humans respond to stimuli and then you look at the psychology and next thing you're looking at worthiness issues and self-esteem and how does that apply to me and why do I do the things that I do and next thing you know you're writing a book called Radical Rebirth. <laughs> I mean it, it is quite the journey uh, that you've been on and if there's anyone who's, who, who's earned the right to write about this stuff um, it's, it's most certainly you. So congratulations on number 14. Have you decided what number 15 is? Are you in the process of writing number 15? I am torn. It will be something along the lines of the science of prosperity. Kind of, I want to do like what uh, Ernest Holmes did with the science of mind. I'm thinking about a really in-depth book on the, the science behind the principles of prosperity or a science fiction trilogy. <laughs> kind of like Matrix, Lord of the Rings, that kind of thing. Could, could go either way. A fiction, tr fictional trilogy? It was science, yeah, be fictional. Excellent. Well, we can't wait. We can't wait to have you back. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it, it's incredible, you know, what you write about and, and the journey that you've been on. So uh, much continued success and we can't wait to see you back soon, Randy. All right, thanks. Have a great one. If you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.